Welcome to The Grit. I'm Digit Murphy. How's it going out there? This is October 17th, the day after the Women's Sports Foundation annual gala, okay? And I am here ambushing a young woman who was, is, right, a Frisbee player, Frisbee athlete for the New York Gridlock. New York Gridlock Frisbee, like really Frisbee. I love that sport. And uh, I, got, I got her here because we were going to have a meeting, and I said, what the heck, let's do a podcast. So I, uh, I ambushed her. It is 8 a.m., so uh, if she's not awake, that's okay, right? But um, why don't we just get right into it? And you guys know, this is about adversity, because the grid is all about adversity. So you know what? You got to get up at 8 a.m., and you got to sit here and then just take it like it is, and then Digit Murphy throws a microphone in your face. That's adversity. So why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll go from there. Be very conversational. Let's have a blast. Hi, I'm Lauren L.P. Piantek. Um, I'm currently playing for New York Gridlock in the Premier Ultimate League. Um, I started Frisbee about 10 years ago, um, just in St. Louis where I grew up uh, in the local leagues. Um, was lucky enough to have a college team to play on after that and a welcoming club community surrounding me. Um, so fast forward about eight, nine years down the line, I ended up in Indy where I helped start Indianapolis Red, another team in the Premier Ultimate League. And this was pre-Premier Ultimate League um, when we were kind of running around like chickens with our heads cut off. (laughs) Um, And so I guess I'm extremely excited and I feel like privileged to be here today on so let's let's talk about first of all. How do you spell that last name? That's that's. How do, what do you, what what is what kind of nationality is that? Uh, talk about that. It's Polish. It Polish. Means, yeah. Um, it means Friday. No way. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. So yeah. any Polish people out there, you know how to spell her last name because I'm like, wow, that's a mouthful. Well, my maiden name was Digidio, so you got nothing. <laughs> so wait, talk a little bit about this whole um, premier ultimate and regular ultimate. A lot of our listeners don't don't understand what the Frisbee world looks like. So yeah. can you talk a little bit about that? Um, so uh, to kind of condense the whole history, it started in 1980s. Um, I don't, I, I should have done a little more research. That's I don't okay. remember when it came to, we doing this. came to the official college um, scene, but um, obviously leagues are, so there's about, there's more or less three tiers, I guess four tiers now. There's youth, then league, and then um, club. club. And college is kind of, lumped in with club okay, uh, because it is considered a club sport still and it's just basically a different season yep. of club oh, that, okay. um, and then you have professional now and up until last year there only existed a men's professional um, and so 2018 comes along and that's when we had I, I helped uh, found uh, Indianapolis Red with Jackie Lai and there were six other teams that year that were in some form um and then we so we didn't have this official league structure and we kind of just played more or less showcase games but um one thing that all of us kind of held dear was that our athletes at the very least didn't pay to get there get to the games like all their jerseys were paid for effectively playing for free but Um, so we weren't for free but you weren't compensated but a lot of people don't want to take that first step to right. sacrifice, and that's what I'm, that's what we're finding yeah. as a young fledgling league. That's how it works. So keep going. Yeah. Um, we also cash flow issues more oh, than yeah. anything. Um, yeah. We all kind of scrambled to put together a league from 
I think basically the beginning of February and get games going by the end of March. Um, Only women can do that, by the way. <laughs> Only women can do that. Like end of February to March and we're going. No, I mean, really. And, and talk about, do you have any uh, crowds? Do you have a fan base? Like where do you play? Yeah. Um, so as far as, um, it's basically local stadiums. Um, okay. And I think that's one thing that the league is kind of struggling with now. And I think that's seen across a lot of uh, newer professional sports or women's leagues, especially of just finding that home base. Right. Um, in Indianapolis, we were fortunate enough to have a field space to go to both games that mm -hmm. year, and I believe they played in the same location all this year. So you got a field space, but you know, do you have the infrastructure? Like, do you have seats, or is it just a field? So that's we, we find stadiums. Okay, uh, that's okay. you know, that's a. Um, on intentional and a qualification of a okay. priority. Oh, so you guys have like an RFP that you send out. And mm -hmm. So um, hopefully there are facilities out there, anyone listening to the grit <laughs> that wants to help the Frisbee community, because I think it's a great sport. Everyone can play it, yeah. very inclusive. And from what I understand, isn't there like men's leagues, there's mixed leagues, like talk about all that, how I remember like researching it at one point and being like, wait, they have men and women that play together and they have different like levels, right? Right. Okay. Um, so if you go into any level outside of professional, you have men's, women's, and mixed. Okay. And actually I think the way most people get introduced, if it is before college or, um, and especially women, they get introduced in mixed. Okay. Um, because especially in smaller communities, there's just not the availability to make both the men's and women's teams, or I guess maybe the building, just the bandwidth mm -hmm. of you know, the split between those things. Um, and so that's really awesome, I think. Uh, yeah, me too. Well, and you know, the other thing that you guys are, it's kind of, I mean, everyone thinks I think Frisbee is like a millennial sport, but let me tell you, it was around when I was, you know, growing up mm -hmm. in the 60s and 70s, you know, whammo, I'll never forget those commercials, <laughs> whammo, Frisbee, you're like, oh, we want a whammo Frisbee, you know, and now it's, it's grown into a sport. Right. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's, it's inclusive, but you can play it anywhere. You can mm -hmm. play it on the beach, you know, you can play it in a field. And the fact that you guys have, like, rallied around this concept of having games and leagues, I think it just shows that there are other sports out there that we're not even thinking about. And that really is what the GRIT, United Women Sports, everything that Digit Murphy does in our world is all about. You know, how do we get more people moving? You know, how do we get more people included in the conversation around exercise? Yeah. And then professional women athletes. So. Talk a little bit about um, some of the way your league is structured. Um, do you have you run the team, or where, what's your role in all this? Your player and because you, you're starting all this, like what the heck you're doing it all? Um, so I started Indianapolis Red and then ended up moving and kind of handing over the reins um, to Nicole Clay. Good, another um, woman. And, we like that. Yeah, uh, and that's one of the beautiful things about the league is it's primarily women owned. I think um, Bonesaw, who is our commissioner, is the Bonesaw. I, I always forget um, the name that's on his birth certificate, but he's a wonderful human being. Um, but and so you let a guy run your run your league. In fairness, though, he <laughs> is one of those people that just said, "I'm here to listen to you. Um, Here's the money." Well, we like that. Yeah. Hey, we like bone saws. We need about 100 bone saws out there. Any bone saws that are listening, give us the money. Step back. Help us run it. Because really, like, that's honestly what we need to do. Um, and, it, I mean, I, I want to go back to facilities, though, because I think it's an important concept that a lot of people don't think about. Last night, we were at the Women's Sports Foundation, and I was talking to one of my friends, Chris Voles, who used to be the athletic director at University of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And she really had a vision back in the 90s, late 80s, early 90s, to go to the university leadership and say, we need hockey. And people are like, 
okay. She goes, and a lot of people, because they were so supportive, because they were in the Midwest, and they wanted women to have opportunities, she didn't really, she went to the men, the bone saws of the world, and she said, hey, I need this, I need that, can you support me? And they did, okay? But then what they did in Minnesota was, speaking of facilities, they went to the legislature and they had arenas built. And when you have the arenas built, now you have facilities and the infrastructure was internal to the community and federal funding paid for the rinks. So you know where I'm going with this. Once you use federal funds to pay for a facility, by law, even though there's not a lot of people out there that uh, actually pay attention to the law, because um, it's not enforced, but Title IX says you must have equal access for the genders. Mm -hmm. So you saw an uptick of women's hockey in Minnesota by virtue of the fact that they had access to the facilities. So that's why when you tell the story about not having access to the facilities, that's a problem in women's sports that no one even thinks about. We talked about it last night. So, you know, um, can you, you have a story or anything from a facility that you guys are in that was crazy or, you know, you guys just are really good at the RP? Because I have a ton. When I did women's lacrosse, like, <laughs> it, was, it was nuts how we didn't have access. Yeah, I mean, that's... Um the practice with New York gridlock this year, I think, especially so, you know, you're pulling a bunch of people from the city and we're trying to have this weekday practice and so traffic's already there. But then we had on top of that, we had people from Philly and New Jersey area. And then we even had like some coming in from northern uh, New York occasionally. And so we would have practice in the south of Brooklyn because that's where we could get space. Mm -hmm. And then um, I think it was early June, we kept getting rainstorms. And of course, it'd be one of those things where I know. Monday, Tuesday clears can be, and then Wednesday practice day, it's pouring down all day, and obviously like, we're not yeah, going to be able to play outside. Um, and so we, she moved um, practice into um, this indoor facility in New Jersey. So instead of taking roughly, let's say, 45 minutes for, and I'm speaking from the New York people. Um, roughly 45 minutes to get to practice. It took us, I think, two and a half hours the oh. first time because of traffic and just all that. And then the next time, I ended up just taking the train out to Jersey. I mean, look, that's commitment, from there. right? You know, and that, you know, this is what people you know, don't understand in the world of, I don't want to say entitlement, but you know, most people live in this world of entitlement. And you have a lot of women's fledgling programs growing in the professional sports space. You have a lot of, of inner city communities that don't have access to facilities. So, you know, I think it's a, uh, an untalked about kind of thing that we need to start to talk about, which I'm glad you brought up the facilities thing and the whole conversation <laughs> last night. But so, um, so I want to know your background and how you get into Frisbee. Like, I know you said a little bit about it, but like, do you have any stories? Because the grit here is all about adversity, right? It's about, I mean, someone's telling you no, and you say, well, why not, or yes, and da da da, da. So I want to know from you, are there any real stories that come up, come to mind that say, this was a real hard thing that I had to do? Like, could, you could have been, like, in a room with, like, a bunch of guys that were like, you can't have a facility, and you're like, why not? Like, anything <laughs> like that. But if not, that's okay. It is 8 o'clock in the morning here. <laughs> I mean, I think I can easily draw on um, beginning Indy Red because mm -hmm. that's, that's in that stage where we had other major cities where I, um, Indianapolis isn't known as a frisbee hub you know we, right. we don't have big names in frisbee and 
we're starting this and we're talking to other pe people in other communities and everybody that's already like, committed to making a team that year. Um, and there's all these people saying like, we don't know if it's viable, like we don't know if it's sustainable. And it was one of those situations of, you know, like, but what if it is? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like what if the answer is yes, not And not. so it was one of those things over those first seven teams just kind of and including us. And I, you know, I remember, I think at one point we just stopped trying to think about, well, what's next? Just be like, we're just getting this year done. Good. You know, like we're going to play these, I think we had five games and we're going to get our athletes Start through it. Five, yeah. Get through it. And then, and see what happens. And now we have an official league and there's eight teams and yeah. like, and that's on the backs of a lot of the people that were there that started it, like Maddie Fry down in, um, down in Atlanta and like just all these people that were there that year that did say, well, what if it works? Right. And it's, and it did. Yeah. You know, and like, that's another thing I talk about all the time. It's like, everyone's like, well, well, why do you want to do that? And I'm like, well, why not? Why can't we do this? And why can't we have women's opportunities? And I think without the pioneers like yourself, it doesn't happen. So I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, I already, like I said, had you up bright and early. Um, I, I really appreciate you being here uh, this early in the morning in New York, in the hotel. Uh, Andaz, that's where we are. I asked the woman, I'm like, how do you pronounce this? You know, I'm like, not really good this morning at pronouncing, it's but Andaz, it's, oh, it's just a concept. Um, and uh, we're in Wall Street, and it was an incredible night last night. Uh, shout out to the Women's Sports Foundation uh, for just putting on an incredibly awesome event, Billie Jean King and company. Um, phenomenal parade of athletes. Uh, it was it was unbelievable. Maybe we'll do a, a grit live show uh, at some point on that. But anyways, I'm Digit Murphy for Lauren Point Tech. How do I say that? Piantech. Oh, Piantech. I totally butchered that. <laughs> Lauren Piantech. Uh, and uh, we are going to have her probably back again. We're going to talk a lot more about Ultimate Frisbee and all these other sports that are out there that make us better humans. We're better on the planet with sports. I'm Digit Murphy for The Grit Live. For Lauren Piantech, I got it right. Uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah.